everybody, we are back. Welcome to another episode of More Than a Title. I'm your host, Jared Thomas, Chief Revenue Officer at Outside the Box Digital. And I'm joined by my co-host, Chatty O, a.k.a. Pastel Chatty, a.k.a. your favorite CEO's favorite CEO. What's good, baby? You know my motto, if it ain't bright, it ain't right. <laughs> there you go, baby. So sorry, sorry for the tardiness, y'all. We had some technical difficulties with the audio, but we're all rocking. Rock, ready to rock and roll, man. We got a great episode live for you guys. Before we begin, quick shout out to our exclusive partners at the Alive Podcast Network. Please make sure you download the app to enjoy content like this and other amazing podcasts. Also, shout out to our returning listeners and subscribers. We're growing and glowing every week because of you guys, and we truly, truly appreciate it. But with Thank that you. said, let's get into it. Let's introduce today's special guest, man. I, I, I've been a fan of this gentleman for a while, but he was previously a VP of content and community at Drift, where he led the brand content creative and event teams. He oversaw Drift's community, Drift Insider, which has 65 plus thousand members, and Drift Flash, Rev Growth, and Hyper Growth events. Prior to joining that, he was a VP of marketing and founder of HubSpot Academy. Um, as a former customer, he joined HubSpot in 2010, where he spent two years working with thousands of HubSpot customers to scale their inbound strategy. And from there, he went on to build out HubSpot Academy from the ground up, and in doing so, educated and certified millions of people and helped grow HubSpot to more than $600 million in revenue. And then outside of work, Mark enjoys plenty of steak and lobster, surf and turf, a round or two of golf, and loves being on the snow of the ocean. Lives by the motto, go fast and take chances. Let's introduce our special guest, yes. Mark Hillens, CMO Airme, <laughs> baby. Let's go. How are you, man? <laughs> What, a, wait, wait, wait. what an effing intro, it. Jared and Chaddy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. His name is Mark Killens. He's killing it. 600 million. <laughs> oh, man. Mark, real quick. That was a ride. That was a ride at HubSpot. Yeah. <laughs> That's the park, not the right now. Come on. Listen, park, park, parking is expensive down here, Mark. We need this. <laughs> Can, can you can you validate my, my parking voucher? Let's go. I'm ready to party. Oh my god! I'm ready to party. Appreciate you so much, man. I, I, yeah, like I said, I, to everybody listening, I've been I've been a fan of yours for quite some time, right? So we'd love to hear. Let's start from the beginning, man. Let's start by your journey and how you got in, or tell us about you know like going into college and how you got into the tech industry. Dude, it, it, crazy story. So uh, I, was <laughs> super, <laughs> I was super, super lucky to, uh, to, to get thrown into the job market when it was uh, the very beginning of the Great Recession, guys. Great Recession. Just like, wow. go, go find a job. <laughs> thanks. What? Thanks, economy. Um, so I was able to get a job, luckily, uh, I was like early 2008, right? This is when after all the banks collapsed, recession was super just just ripping and i was at this bootstrap startup and the, the ceo you know it was like 10 12 people the ceo is like mark we got to keep growing the business figure out how to keep growing this business i'm like what do i do i went to google and i typed in how to generate more leads guess what came up well, you gotta tell me now there's any drift hubspot hubspot i was gonna say hubspot i was gonna say hubspot. i was like drift didn't come up but that don't make sense but hubspot came up on how to generate leads and even that's a good, that's a, it's not a one-to-one -one good keyword search, but it still works. Dude, HubSpot was killing it then. Mike Volpe, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Brian Dermesh, they're still kicking, but like they, they SEO optimized all that content, right? Starting in 2006, this is 2008, how to generate more leads, inbound marketing, right? Classic stuff. I go to the website, I become a HubSpot customer, one of the first 1,000 businesses to ever use HubSpot. I know that because on the website, it said on the homepage, we have a thousand customers. So like we were one of the first 1000 Wow! and uh, the rest is history. We were able to grow and, and keep that business going during this really tough economic time in 2008, 2009. And I was like, this shit is on fire. So I'm going to go join this rocket ship and see what happens. <laughs> oh man. At, at, at that point, were, were there the category creators? Because I, I, I don't do a Salesforce around. I know HubSpot is kind of similar to like Hootsuite was. Yeah, I know. It was like, it was like when Hootsuite was getting going, like Twitter launched, what, 2007 or eight, Facebook was 2004. So HubSpot was like a little bit after that. And uh, yeah, they created inbound marketing and I came in and I was like, look, dude, I'll, I'll do any job. Let me, let me get into this company. And then nights and weekends, you know, I hustled my butt off nights and weekends with a lot of other people. And that's how HubSpot Academy was born. And that became kind of my claim to fame. And now HubSpot Academy, I don't know, it's huge. It's millions of people going through it. It generates 
so much revenue. Um, yeah, it's it was very cool. <laughs> Well, where did you get the idea to build HubSpot Academy? Was it the fact that you knew the customer education was going to be key for this market, right? And you wanted to make sure that all the users know how to operate the user and can be more efficient utilizing the platform, right? Exactly. I got to give a shout out to Michael. I saw Michael was listening in. What's up, Michael? Um, yeah, no, it was, it, was, uh, it was exactly that. When I was a customer of HubSpot's, I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm liking the software a lot, but they're not teaching me enough. I could get a lot more help and value if they just gave me more content, more education. So when I joined as a customer success manager, I was like, look, I'm going to build this thing. I think it could help us with product adoption, customer retention, customer lifetime value. And we, we, we did it 19 weekends for about 18 months. And I showed, you know, the exact, some of the numbers, some of the findings. And they're like, yo, you have enough credibility. We're going to give you three people fund you with three people those three people when i left in 2000 at the end of 2018 that was a 40 person team at that point and we were generating tens of millions in revenue helping cubspot retain a ton of customers scale the business in an efficient way uh so yeah i can go into detail and on, on, on specifics but yeah that, that's how it happened that's insane man i love that story <laughs> so wait wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute now you know i got a question so Please. you went over there in, in in 2008 right and you 2010. This... 2010, okay. yeah. Okay, so you went in 2010, and you just said you left. It's 2018, right? Yeah, I was there for like almost nine years, yeah. Okay, yeah. so now you know I'm going to ask you, right? So if you scaled this thing to where you wanted it to be, right? Now you went from a three-person team to a 40-person team. You're bringing in all these leads. You're bringing in all this money. Why are you leaving? Where are you going, Mark? You, Mark, you're killing them. You, kill, you don't leave in the middle of the kill, Mark. You stab him and you keep stabbing until the body don't move no more. Mark, what you're saying to me is I stabbed him 30 times. He was bleeding. I felt like he was going to die. My job was done. I got a body up. Your last name is Killings. You got to finish the kill, Mark. Why did you leave prematurely? Talk to me. What happened, Mark? Well, we, I mean, we're going to just riff off that. Right. I, I think we were able to, like, you know, grow a lot of killers. You had 40 oh, people that were helping okay. me, you know? So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But you're the command, you're the head killer. So no. I mean, you know, no, seriously, because you know when people when people um, share success stories, right? Um, there's always a pinnacle to where somebody feels like they've achieved success, and then they want to go fishing or something like that, right? Obviously, you're at a new a new place in life. You didn't retire. You didn't say, okay, I've made enough money, I'm done. You just said at this point, even though I'm, I'm super successful, it's time for me to move on. I'm just questioning, like, what was going through your mind at that point? No, it's a very good question. Right. Um, so for me, I love building, uh, especially building from scratch. And I, I love learning. And I, I was still learning at that time, but my, my learning was really going down. Like it's really good. So, you know, I was like, look, I, this is a great opportunity for me to go to another company. I became very good friends with, with David Cancel and Elias, the co-founders of Drift, where I went. And... I could build, I could build a lot, right? That company was only like 25 million at the time when I joined. HubSpot was 600 million when I was leaving, you know? So I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to build, I'm going to build something more adrift. You know, Dave Gerhardt, I know you've had him on the show, was over there, highly respect DG. So like, I'm like, oh man, this is, this is a great opportunity. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> oh, you're mute. Am I on? All right, so I do have a question with that, Mark, right? Because you scale this. And I, you know what it kind of reminds me of? We had Mary Webb on the, flow, on, on the show, and she created Flow from Progressive, right? Something like HubSpot, HubSpot Academy is so intrigual to their business, right? It changed and impacted them in ways that they probably they foresaw, but it, over, it, over, it overdid and, and excelled more than their projections, right? How does one like that, since you created it, is there a way for you to still monetize on that? Being that now it's at 600 million and you bought it from an exception, is there like a commission model? I'm a sales guy, so I have to ask those type of things because 600 million on the back end sounds crazy and I would want a quarterly check or something. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We gotta dumb it down because you're talking marketing talk. The question is, do you still get PC? Where's the PC? I need PC. Uh, she. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, you know, I was like lost my train of thought. But um, no, no, I mean, I, I still, I'm still a, uh, you know, uh, you could say I have, a, I have a heavy interest in HubSpot financially still. But Beautiful. like, I, I think the, the key there with HubSpot 
is, um, you know, we helped influence and yet we probably directly brought in some revenue of that 600 million. Now the company's like 2 billion and it just keeps ripping, sure. right? That, that machine between product led growth and this idea of like creating a, a membership, a community like HubSpot Academy. I think that's like those two things alone help create this massive ecosystem around HubSpot uh, and, and have done it in a really economically uh, valuable way, you know, efficient way. Right. So like, you know, when you think about the actual fundamentals of the business, uh, it's why the stock keeps kind of going up and up for other reasons too. But I think it's a big piece of it. Right. But I digress. So going back to kind of your point for me, it's about like the, 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 what you say, like the, the, the tailwind of building something like that gives you. So for example, my, my, Two people, my, my, my two really good friends who were part of that team of three that, that got funding in 2012, right? It was about 18 months after we started as that Nights and Weekends thing. Chris LaDolce and Sarah Bedrick, amazing people. They built a business now called SASAcademyAdvisors.com, SASAcademyAdvisors.com. And they're ripping. They're teaching people left and right on how to build these types of membership academy education experiences. And I mean, I get hit up all the time and I just be like, yo, go over, talk to Chris, go to Sarah Bedrick, Lindsay's part of their team. So, you know, it's like, I'm just trying to pay it forward, you know? And like they, they, they decided to take that path, you know, Chad, you like said, Hey, look, I'm going to go and, and now evangelize this because quite honestly, there's not many people out in SAS, but out just in like, I think B2B, they know how to do something like that. It's a pretty still Absolutely. new concept. <clears throat> yep. Yep. 10 years later, still a new concept. And, and for, even the fact that it's a new concept to execute it is the hardest thing. I've, I've been around, I've been in SaaS for 10, 12 years, right? 10, 11 years. Every other company, like I told you before, we was at um, the one company where we was creating content hubs and things like that, where it's an educational learner, where it's very seamless and everything's in a one-stop shop location in terms of content and your resources, right? Mm. But the execution always is it's based on the skill level and the talent you have in the organization right you guys had world-class world talent. talent and you executed that but, and you did it but the key the key part to to that also is they have world-class talent that taught that skill to other people so now Absolutely. instead of one person understanding it you got four people on and that's why mark walked away because mark is saying i came i saw i conquered let me go build something else you guys got it now it's in able hands. Like he said, they're skyrocketing with it. Let me go replicate it over here. For sure. No, absolutely. But what was, what was, I'm sorry, Mark. You got it, Mark. No, no, I just, I just want to build off that because it's a great point. You both made just great yeah. points. So um, so one of the things that we did, um, it was probably, I don't know, 2015. We, we built many, many different programs within the HubSpot Academy brand. And one of them is, is just crushing it today, which is called the HubSpot Certified Trainer Program. So we did a deliberate thing and I made a deliberate decision early on to call the people who are teaching others in the community, the HubSpot community and at large, I called them professors. And I, I, cause I know the importance of branding. I know the importance of positioning and people are like, uh, people have tried to change that but it's never been changed cause it, it just works, professors. And um, so we built this thing called HubSpot Certified Trainers. And now those people, there's, I think there's either, I know there's hundreds, if not maybe a thousand plus certified trainers out in the globe teaching others now the stuff that those 15, 20, 25 professors are teaching. So now it's gone from like, not just like 25, 40 people. Now you're just taking it to the next level. And that's, that's just some special sauce. You got you to gotta kind of recognize that. Oh. I was laid on the bomb. I was trying to drop a bomb. I, I, I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand. Hold on. Time out. Time out. I was looking at you like, am I gonna get the message signal or something? Like, I need something behind that. <laughs> I need something behind that. Message. <laughs> there we go. God damn it. <laughs> Better late than never. So, let me ask you this, Chris. Um, I'm sorry. Let me ask you this, Mark. Um, when you know, I know the the business model is always. Well, primarily, right? Start with something, build it, build equity in it, sell off, right? And then start again, right? So, you know, once you built this, once you built this thing and you said, okay, now I'm going to go start again, right? And now you've moved on to a new company and you've started again and now you're duplicating or you're replicating your success, right? Now my next question is, 
Are you going to get to another successful point where now again you're going to pull away and say, okay, I've set this one up? Like how many times are you going to mm. do this until you feel satisfied? Is this like a lifelong thing mm -hmm. for you where you're going to just keep repeating the process of build success, walk away, build success, walk away? Like what's your end goal? Where does Mark see his mountaintop at where he says, okay, I'm happy with this. I'm going fishing. It's or at least <laughs> even if you don't go fishing, you can say, I'm going to stay here. You know what I mean? I I don't think I, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to retire. I can't, okay. I just, I can't. Like, so my, my, my dad tried to retire. He's like 71. And within like three months, he's like, I'm, I'm consulting. I'm doing stuff. I'm like, dude, you're not going to retire. Like, no way. <laughs> um, so interestingly enough at Drift, you know, Jerry, you mentioned this in the intro. We built something similar to HubSpot Academy. I'll be a different called Drift Insider. And I, we can get into that if you guys want, but that was like the second iteration to kind of that building process from HubSpot. Now what's interesting is I'm on my third iteration of this and I'm doing it with a guy named Nick Bennett. You got to look up Nick Bennett. Shout He's just an Nick. amazing person, Nick Bennett. Um, and we're, we, it's called uh, Club PF, Club PF. And it's just a different flavor of what I call member-led growth. You know, when you became when part of HubSpot Academy, you became a member. You, you signed up, right? Like you created an account, right. you signed up. That gave you access to all these things. Over time, it gave you access to all the free HubSpot tools. Drift Insider, same thing. You became a member. You became a member of the brand, right? Um, so now for, for Nick and I, we're doing this on the side right now, but Club PF, PF stands for people first, people first. Mm, and like uh, which is, it's a different take of this right. member-led thing. Yeah. I'm curious too, Mark. So what, 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 is, what would you say for our listeners, right? What are some of the biggest learnings that you, or biggest takeaways that you have from building the HubSpot that you carried over to the drift? What, what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, video and having authentic, passionate people on video is key. So when I look mm -hmm. at like who I bring into any team at any point, and I learned this early days HubSpot, if, if I'm looking for how much passion and enthusiasm they have. I can look at you two guys, you guys, 11 out of 10, passion and enthusiasm. <laughs> no, no, no joke, right? right. That, that creates compelling content. That creates people to lean in and stick around. That, anyone, right? Anyone listen, you gotta, you gotta like look at like the people and then with that, especially these like crazy like startups or high growth scale-ups, you gotta look to see if people are okay with being uncomfortable, like, mm. you know, you're comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm sure people have talked about that maybe in your show before, yeah. but it's like, you're basically grit. You know, there's EQ, emotional intelligence, and you know, um, IQ, intellectual intelligence. There's, the, there's creative intelligence. There's all the different types of intelligence, if you will. But I think there's grit. That is what you need. And cause like, you know, you have good days, you have bad days, you know, the, the market changes, the wind blows in different directions. So I'm looking at the end of the day, 99% of businesses, people, it's that famous quote, um, whoever said that, I forget the guy's name, but like, that is what I'm looking for. And then the thing that we did that was, I think, super smart is we designed a set of principles. And one of them, you talked about execution, right? One of them is execute with excellence. That's, the, that's a level... So, are you guys football fans? You guys football oh, fans? Oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, I, gotta, I gotta put that I'm a football that's player. Nice. He played basketball. He's a basketball guy. I'm a football guy. <laughs> Don't hit me. <laughs> I like all the contact. I like to get my, my frustrations out. So, 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 Chadio, like, um, have you read the book um, from Bill Walsh? The, S, the SF 40, San Francisco 49ers coach, Bill Walsh in the 80s. Have you read the book? I didn't get a chance to read it, but I am a diehard San Francisco 49er fan. Ever since Ed Norton, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Ken Norton Jr., Bill Romanowski, I can go on. You know, I've been, I've been watching them a long time. I've been watching them a long time. I love it. You got to read the book. The score right. takes care of itself. Okay, I'm going gonna, gonna to look it up. He, he, he like... It's a business book. It's a sports book. It's all about people and this idea of executing with excellence and creating systems. So what we did, going back to your question, right. we built very deliberate rituals and habits that once you are bought into the ritual and then it becomes a habit as part of how you actually work within HubSpot Academy or Drift, whatever, it becomes second nature. And then as you bring more people onto your team, those people on your team that already have and believe in that ritual and habit teach other people it. 
and it spreads like wildfire. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, like it's just that's kind of some of the ways we did it. No, but if you brought up a great point, another great point, right? So a lot of people have a problem pitching to leadership, right? So you had this idea. What was the pitch to leadership like? And what advice would you give to others that have a big idea that want to pitch to the executive team or, or the board, right? What is some advice or what? how did your pitch go? So so we, I, I say build build in public if you can. So what in this case, it was you know 2010-11, if you're asking about HubSpot Academy, we built with our customers. So initially, HubSpot Academy was all about how do we help make our customers more successful, like I was saying before. So I was just collecting a ton of qualitative feedback before we had a lot of numbers to back it up. Then we were like, hey, and this is where I definitely could have been better early on in my career, and now I've learned. But like, you got to have the numbers to back it up. Like, show the evidence from the customer's voice and from how you're impacting the business, right? And then the third piece of that secret is paint a vision. If you can wrap those three things up, the, the voice of the customer, quantifiable business evidence, and a vision, and tell that in a story that's compelling, that's logical, you pretty much have a, a touchdown. That's it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to get too far away from something you said, because I like to always listen first and then backtrack. You mentioned, um, I believe you said 18 months working nights and weekends. You know, we had a conversation today, me and Jared, um, with the CEO of, of, um, of, of Kotora, right? And one of the things he was saying, too, was the work ethic, right? And, and when we went to this event... They kept stressing meeting people with genuine work ethic, right? So when you're saying 18 months, nights and weekends, what are we talking? 12, 14, 16 hour days? Like you're dedicating yourself to this, to this project, right? Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, so I live um, about like 30, 25, 30 miles north of Boston. I, I actually, I moved into this small city the day before I joined HubSpot back in uh, like May 2010. I haven't left the city. I love the city. And uh, so when, you know, th at that point, you know, I'm young, I'm in like, you know, mid twenties, I, you know, I, I didn't have that much money. And so I was like taking the train in, I was taking the bus in. So I would be writing blog articles, creating content, building this thing on the one hour or so driving, starting at like 7am. I would get there, do my work, you know, find time during the day to do a little bit on the way out. It would take like an hour and a half to get home. Same thing, working on this thing. And then, during the night, I'll probably spend an hour or two at my home doing that thing. So yeah, it's probably like yeah, 12, 14 hours a day, most days, Monday through Friday, then a little bit on the, on the weekends. But like you know, with anything, you guys know this, right? You, you, no one's going to give you anything. You got to go get it. You got to get it. And, and that requires exactly what you just said, Chadio. <clears throat> That's it. Message. <laughs> yeah, you know, but one of the general consensus, um, it comes up time and time again that work ethic can't be taught like that has to be something that is like yeah. genetic you have to just be born with that drive you understand what i'm saying now you can you can you can form you can form you can fall into a system where you understand your nine to five and be good at your job right but when we're talking about like true work ethic ready to do above and beyond knowing that you're not going to get paid for these extra hours like when you left work and you clocked out that drive home you don't get paid for if you do work in your house that hour you don't get paid for it technically that's overtime right that's overtime and if you worked on it on the weekends and, and you're not at work and you're not on the clock again that's overtime it's doing all of that free work with the mindset that eventually this is going to pay off, that's what we're talking about. A lot of people are not dedicated to doing that. They're like, if I don't see no immediate response, then I'm, I'm, why would I do this for free? You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. big time. The, the, the key is what you just said. Yeah, you're not going to get paid today, but you get paid in the future, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah, the foresight. Yeah. And, and also the work ethic thing, I tend to agree. I will say, though belief if you believe in something and you can call, cultivate belief even if it's like you know altruistic um but then you start to go into it and like you're like a ferocious learner and you start to like really understand it and you believe and believe in it more and more that work ethic because of that that belief um can be created i think you know to some degree <clears throat>
Absolutely. And I, I, I would love to hear. What was that? Because you had 18 months of just dedication and preparation and building this thing up, right? That belief in the product, belief in the system, belief in the idea, right? So when was it a point, or can you tell us about the moment where you actually launched and it took off and you were like, holy shit, this thing is going. <laughs> like, was there a moment like that for you? It was like, man, I hit a home run. I hit a grand slam. It's almost never like that. When you hear about all these like success stories, it's like, oh yeah, like it's an overnight success. No, it took five, maybe 10, maybe 15 years to build that thing, right? So I, it was mostly incremental. There were moments when we did things that had like huge spikes in traffic and signups. One of those moments is when we kind of like launched the first program that was part of HubSpot Academy certification program. We started to certify people. I know because people went, they, 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 love, they love getting something for their time. Even if it's just like, a digital PDF that's signed by Brian Helligan, the CEO. It said, no, 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 this is legit. I'm going to put this on LinkedIn. HubSpot is a trusted source of marketing, education, and content. This means something. This is a signal into the market that I took the time to learn something. So that then started to create a little flywheel for us because when, as people posted those certifications, more people saw them. I would almost respond to every single person on LinkedIn or Twitter and say, congratulations. Thanks so much for getting certified. What'd you think? Right? Like, so that, that stuff that doesn't scale also plays into these overnight successes. You do things that don't scale. I mean, DG talks about this all the time. I, I definitely, you know, do not believe in that more. But like, I think it's that moment when we had that kind of mini flywheel network effect inside of HubSpot Academy with certifications. That's when we started to see, hmm, stuff is happening a bit faster. You know, shit's going down. <laughs> yep. I, I always ask this question because, you know, I love motivation. and But I know as human beings... Uh, we don't have unlimited energy, right? We have ups, ups and downs, like a, a wave, like a valley. We have valleys and we have peaks, right? 18 months, you're grinding before the spikes happen. Was there a point where you was like, this shit ain't working? <laughs> where, where, because remember, to have success, remember, what's this, what is success based off of? It's based off of failure, right? So when Ben Franklin is, is doing what he's doing and, oh, you know, I'm trying to develop you know, the light bulb or whatever the case may be, right? You develop the light bulb and you get the light bulb right the thousandth time, right? But every time you failed, you you realized how not to fail in that way. But there had to be a time where you're like, I didn't fucked up 500 light bulbs. <laughs> this shit is, this, maybe I might not be the light bulb guy. You know, was there ever a time where you felt like, okay, listen, 18, you know, it's been nine months, a year, you know, I've given it my all. And it's, it's not moving the way I want. Maybe I should pivot and do something else. Did, did you ever run into a time like that? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, sh I'm sure there are plenty of those times. But this is, a, this, is a, this is something I also believe. So momentum, right? Everybody wants momentum. Momentum is super important in sports, life, anything, right? So my equation for momentum is um, you know, passion, times not plus but times purpose so you have a you have a, you have a strong uh, belief passion for something like a purpose a higher calling times results passion purpose results um, or performance if you like the p's right passion purpose performance that equals momentum so i never stopped believing and some months there was less maybe results you know than others um and there's always naysayers. I actually sometimes, you know, I think you guys probably get this, but like if you have naysayers, you know, that's like a signal within itself. That's a good thing, I think. Because, you know, first off, like you can't build for everyone. You never should build for everyone. You should like, you know, find your niche. But during those first 18 months, it was more just like, we never, we never got to a point where like, whoa, like most people, you know, aren't coming to the live sessions we did. Most, you know, the blogs and the content that we're putting out there, the, the readership, um, or the, 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 the site page views or, you know, all that stuff isn't like going down. It's, it was all going up. Yeah. It was like, you know, a little bit of peaks and valleys, whatever, but like the momentum was being built. And once you get that momentum and once you get a lot of momentum, it's really hard to shut it down. That, I could imagine that, man. So that, that's just amazing. But you know what I wish as you're saying that I'm like, cause we spoke to a lot of amazing guests that have done amazing things in tech. Like why the hell isn't it like a tech Hall of Fame, <laughs> because what you did revolutionized SaaS. I don't know it, about that. That's that's a I, bit extreme to say. No, no, I no. Know. I think it did. No, it did because when I came in, I'm a cold caller. 
I came in straight from cold calling things like that. So everything is about customer education, consumer content. Like how do we make sure that our customers know what we do, how we do it, and how can we scale this to make more margin, things like that, right? But you, like you said, you guys took a different approach where it's like, we're not gonna go outbound and try to get new customers. We're gonna make the best of our existing customers. And that was a mindset that wasn't scaled at that time. It was pick up the phone, Jared, and you know what I'm saying? You got your yeah. number, you got yeah. this. It wasn't normalcy. It wasn't, wasn't normalcy. normalcy. So that so when I say that, I don't want to like make it seem like I'm like kind of going crazy with it, but it, you did revolutionize it in a way because that thought process went to a lot of different tech companies afterwards and they tried to replicate it. And not many still haven't done what you've done. So when I say from that perspective, yeah. it's like I wish there was a way because if you did something like that to change the industry, I think you should be like, even though you're big to like to people like us and stuff like that, and, like what you've done is is you know, big. But like, shouldn't there be something like that where you're, where the industry was? Have you gotten any accolades based on that piece of work? Uh probably. I mean, I don't know. It, it was it wasn't me though. It was a ton it of people, matter. right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was just. It was. It was. Uh, I don't know. One of my mantras is uh, serve people first. Serve. Yeah. So so like. You know, put put others before yourself. Um, yeah. So, you know, I appreciate that shout out. I mean, it is. I think it was very like revolutionary from like a customer led exactly. go to market. Like, I, I think I think exactly. it's go to market in these like three big channels now. Community led, which is the tip of the spear. Yeah. You know, this is an act of community led, and then you have member led. We talked about member led a little led, led a little bit, and then you have customer led. And I think HubSpot Academy was a customer led thing that turned into a member led thing that eventually became a community-led thing in terms of a channel, right? Because it created this massive kind of community within the larger HubSpot branding community. So, yeah. um, no, I, I do think, it, you know, it, it basically followed the path that's not traditional. So that's why I think a lot of, like, executives and CEOs yeah. and, and boards have a hard time getting their head around it because it's like, well, like, that doesn't, that doesn't like, make sense. Like, we weren't taught that. That's not how you kind of go to market. Exactly. But I think we're at this, this changing point right now, a tipping point. Oh, it definitely is. is. But, but that's, that's why I love that because on our website, we said the same thing, thing the road less travel. travel. That's why the name of our company is Outside the Box Digital. digital. That, 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 like, I love, I love that you did that, that right? right? Are you, you, you asked something? That? No, I'm, I'm oh, with you. You know what I mean? Because it, it, when you do something that's considered unorthodox, right? It's only unorthodox because it's not the norm. So technically, society calls it deviant behavior that's what they call it right that's what they call it society has the norm yeah. and when you do something that's not considered the norm it's considered deviant behavior so mark you're deviant <laughs> I love you're it. deviant right so oh, yeah. what you did was right 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 but look you've shown that you can be different and it still still be positive right but you know you know what it is right when somebody does something to create success Technically, you've done it too, right? When you've done something that cre to create success, what do you do? You map it and you create a blueprint from it, right? And then either you duplicate it or you teach somebody else to duplicate it. So that's what the world is based off of, right? It's based off of duplication off of a certain system. Now, it takes deviants like yourself and like Jared to come on with the hat. And like, I'm not, I'm not calling nobody with a suit and tie no more. I'm coming on with a hat. And everybody's like, you got on a hat and you on, you on your couch and that's never going to work until it starts working, right? Until it starts working. Now we, now we looked on LinkedIn the other day and we see all these articles saying, oh, we think out the box. We think outside the box. The box. And y'all never, never was saying that shit before. Now that we got our company and you see it's working, now everybody's like, oh, be your authentic self and, and put a hat on. And you don't need to put a suit on no more. But when Jared did it, he was deviant. It's the hardest thing ever, brother. You see? The hardest yeah. thing ever. I mean, you got momentum. Money. That's yeah, momentum. Like, momentum, do momentum, and like, and like sometimes, um, oh, what's that other good book? I'm trying to think now. Um, oh, it's a book about like all these crazy risk takers in business, um, or just in life. I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but uh, no, you're, you're, I love the deviant. Like, yeah, like you're the, you know, the, the scariest thing in life is the status quo, in my opinion. The status quo that. will like just eat you. Like you, you can't do let that happen. <sighs> Scariest thing in life is the status quo, status quo. man. I, you know that's getting clipped up. <laughs> that's getting clipped up, bro. I'm just letting you know. Let's that. go. Let's go, baby. So, you know, I've got to ask you. Well, 
So as you're building, you build the HubSpot Academy stuff, were you active on social media to promote this thing? Because I, I discovered you maybe three years ago when you was at Drift and the momentum you guys had at Drift, I was like, damn, man, why can't be over there with this shit? <laughs> you guys are over there killing it. Sales are probably so easy. I'm over here trying to create thousands of pieces of content, Mark. <laughs> I try to call DG. I try to call you. <laughs> Nobody picked up. But you guys had it's like it's hard to explain what you guys had and reading up to the pandemic. So when did you start working on and developing your personal brand? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I, so I was pretty big on Twitter when I was at HubSpot. Like I was like, Twitter, you know, I my Twitter growth went from you know it was nothing to well over ten thousand. Uh, it's come down, and you know, Twitter's changed a lot, but like. I'd say that was up through like 2009 to basically kind of 2017, 18. And it was like, all right, I started to see DG more on LinkedIn, right? Because he was at HubSpot for a quick moment. I was there with him for a little bit. And then he went to Drift and um, and then, you know, he just killed it. And I was like, man, DG, but you, 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 man, there's a lot of white space on LinkedIn. Like there's like, there's, there's like, you know, a blue ocean, whatever you want to call it, right? Like, and now it's a little bit more crowded, of course, but probably 2018-ish, definitely 2019, I was like, wait a minute, this is like, there's something significant here because, you know, LinkedIn is this cool space from my point of view where it's, you can be yourself, but people also know like, like, yo, it, it's, it's, it's business. Like, this isn't just like TikTok or like, you got to be semi-professional. You can't be like egregious. You know, you guys get that sense? I don't know. Totally, like, totally. No, totally. Totally. Absolutely. See, so for me, my, my LinkedIn approach was different. So as a salesperson, I was thinking, how can I scale myself? Because if I meet you, Mark, me, you have a good conversation. I understand your business pretty well. Right. And then anytime anybody I meet, we end up having a lifelong relationship afterwards. A lot of prospects that I've dealt with in the sales cycle. Right. So I'm like, man, if you want me to reach out to Nike, Uber and Lyft in these Fortune 500 companies and we're a 15 person small startup, I'm like, that's not going to work. But what if I can just create content, go downstairs, pull out of my phone, talk about SEO, talk about content, talk about Kobe Bryant's passing, talk about Valentine's Day, how to slide in the DM. And my whole thing was teach them how to fish and they'll learn yourself fishing poles. And then if you like my personality, you're going to find out what I do. You're going to go to the website. You're going to look at our products and services, or you're going to directly DM me and say, Jared, what the hell do you do? And I've had that a funny time. I'm like, what do you do? Because I want to I wanna support you, bro. <laughs> like, I've had that happen, right? So like, so there's a million different ways of people that they could do it. What, what worked for me, for anybody listening, which is being different. I would look at what's on my feed. Like I would look at DG. I would look at yourself. I would look at Madison Butler. She had the blue hair on the feed. And I'm like, what can I do? You see Quentin with the with the big fedoras. And I'm like, hmm. What is the one thing can I do? I can't talk about SEO because what about the, what if I'm trying to close Dell or some a big brand like Dell and they got SEOs that been there for 20 years and I can't teach them shit. But what I can get them to do is want to get the go, go get the beer with me after work. Right. And then when I go get the beer, I could learn from you. And guess what? If you like me enough, you're going to throw me the bone. Or if I'm do my due diligence enough, we can make something happen. And, and that's, that's what just was successful, successful for me. me. And then we did that at the agency and then we moved over to Hootsuite. And then at Hootsuite, it was just like, man, we did, we did 1.1 million in six months over there at Hootsuite. It was just like insane. I was going there doing social media content audits on day one. They're like, oh my God, I'm scaling your employee advocacy programs. And I'm like, this is what I've done. And, and, and it just works. So, but LinkedIn is still underutilized and undervalued. Um, and I'm curious, what, what do you think, what do you think is gonna happen what are your thoughts about the creator economy for people like yourself, myself, right? What do you think is the next evolution in that? That's a great question. So first off, I got to say, this is one of the other HubSpot Academy principles that I, it's probably my favorite principle outside of execute with excellence. Stay weird, stay weird, which means be yourself. That's basically, if I had to sum up That's everything it. you just said in the last minute or two, stay weird. Stay weird. <laughs> That's it. If it ain't bright, it ain't right. <laughs> Damn, that's a really, that's a good, I love that. That's the second thing I said. That's so good. Um, so good. So, uh, so no, I'll give you one prediction. Um, more creators are going to be partnering up together. Absolutely. Agreed. Totally agreed. 
but, but what, yeah. in what capacity? So I'm thinking, like, I think the evolution, at least for myself, right? I think it's going to be the the collaboration of content creators and then in real life events, right? Coming to, to uh, going to an event, it's Jared, Mark, DG, uh, Udi, and somebody else, and then you have the photo booth. You get to take a picture. We do a LinkedIn post, and it's all included in your package. And you have an immersive experience where everybody's winning. You're teaching. You're giving your yeah. your expertise. You so missed I, the word. You missed the word. What's up? Hybrid. Oh, hybrid. Day. Gotta be hybrid. Day. hybrid. Hi Come on, baby. Come on, day. baby. And I forgot hybrid. You forgot hybrid. <laughs> Got, don't forget the people that can't make it Rod, in person. Udi, my bad, y'all. Come on. The shout out to Udi. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the events thing, I'm 100% with you on that. I mean, I'm at an events company, right? Aramid, like, the yep. events... With this whole AI, you know, it was it was like it was it was blockchain, then it was crypto, tokens, NFTs. Um, yes, yeah, Cherry, yes, yes. Um, it was it was all it was all these fads. I mean, we're in this another fad, AI. Like, oh my god, AI. Um, it was metaverse, right, during the pandemic, right? Metaverse, like, all, all this stuff. And uh, you know, I think with the AI piece, it's gonna make people go back to this like people first mindset. Like who can I trust? I mean, Jared, what you did is you built trust by being who you are. Like AI still, I think is a pretty long way to go to actually go back through your whole life history to be able to replicate your own emotions, feelings, experiences, points of view, all of this stuff. I mean, if yeah. that does happen in my lifetime, I'm like fucking, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't even want, I don't want to even, that's going to, I don't know. That's going to be really, I don't think it's gonna be good personally. It might be good, but no. we're going off on a tangent. But like, I do think that human, of, like human first experiences when you come together in person, and it could be online as well. I agree, hybrid online. But like, the the actual act of um, knowing that this is someone saying something versus them saying something asynchronously is gonna be more important. And I'll give you one example. I was at this uh, small dinner the other night, and we're talking about AI. And a lot of the more like kind of progressive forward thinking schools, they're still doing some kind of like standardized multiple multiple choice testing, but also, you know, you know, of course, like the, the writing, the best ones though, have now incorporated testing through you have to stand in front of the teacher or the classroom and that's how you get tested. So you have five, 10 minutes to make the arguments like, like in, in like basically like a court of law, if oh, you think God. about it, because you can't fake that shit. There's no way you can, you can have AI helping you there. Unless you have like a, I mean, you have a headset implanted in your head. I don't know. You know, like there's no way. Call Elon. Yeah. They have a chip. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they, um, they've always made the argument and I support this hundred percent. And this is something that I teach my kids. Um, this is something that I teach, um, people that I feel like are intelligent enough to listen to, right? The true measure of intelligence of knowledge is when you are able to not only understand something, but teach it to somebody else. See, I can teach somebody how to walk. I can teach somebody how to run, jump, ride a bike because I know it. So it's secondhand. So if you can teach somebody something, even if it's not perfect, if you can teach somebody, like Jared said, if I can teach you how to fish, you might not catch the biggest fish, obviously, on your first go round. It might take you two, three months, a year to catch the big fish. But if I teach you the basics of fishing, then you can always not only fish and feed yourself, but then pass that knowledge on down to somebody else. So I, I, I believe in that model wholeheartedly, right? If you get up in front of the class, forget multiple choice, forget all that bullshit. If you could get up in front of the class and teach the class and, and, and those students can learn from a peer as if they were learning from a teacher, then you absolutely know the material. There's no better measure of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love that to riff off that with HubSpot Academy, we had this like learning, um, I mean, it's not really a pedagogy, but like a learning model that was learn, understand, master. So you had, you first learn stuff, you understand it, and then you master it. So, but even as you learn, understand, and master to your point, you, you teach at each stage. And as you get better at teaching the master, right? Right over time you're like well i'm the teacher no, like th that master becomes more of the student then right so like it's this like crazy just progression that happens um because like the only way you can actually master something is to do it or to teach it to other people that's i think that's actually a fact Absolutely. i don't think that's me just yeah. making i think that's the fact. So. remember back in the day uh especially the olden times right um for you to learn a skill you would have to apprentice 
under somebody else, right? So if you wanted to be a blacksmith, you would have to apprentice under a master blacksmith. If you wanted to be a, a, a horseshoe maker or whatever it was, they paired you with somebody that was doing it for 20, 30 years. You studied and learned everything up under them, and then they allowed you to do the job. So absolutely, you know, and that's why I think... Um, Continuing education is so important, and we talk about this all the time, right? Yeah. So let's say now you got this job, right? So you got this job, and you got these coworkers that are working good, right? Coming up with these academies technically is on-the-job training. That's what it is. It's on-the-job training. It's saying, okay, we understand you know this amount of information, but let me teach you how we do it this way also. Because you might not be thinking about it this way, because this is book smart. So book smart amounts to this, but when you come on a job, it's, it's not always what the books teach you, right? So let me teach you how to do it this way, and now you know how to do it in what? Real time. In real time. So if you run into a problem, you can say, oh, that, I already know how to fix that because we ran into that problem last week, and this is the, the solution for that. So I believe in that. A continuing education is, is so important um, yeah. for the future of this generation because with, without it, I think we're just going to spiral. Sure. No, no, you, I spot on to everything. So like, here's, here's an interesting thought exercise. So when are you the happiest in life? Let's just, just think about this. When are you the happiest in life? You, you don't want that answer for me. <laughs> <laughs> the <hell? laughs> we got to get the, we got the bang, 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 bang. We got to get that. Where's my, where's my, where's my. What's wrong with this guy? Am I kidding me or what? Listen, Great movie. We're not good for YouTube kids. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, I was like Mark, PG thirteen. Uh, Mark said, "Stay weird." I'm just being. No, 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 That's no. the question. Yeah. I gotta give you my authentic answer. I love it. I love it. Um, I'll just, I'll just go out and say it then. Um, it's, it's when you're learning. Like, think about when you're between like ages of like, you know. Zero to one, which you know, not many people remember that, but till you're like 18, 21, 22, when you have your first kid. I mean, I had my first kid about three years ago. Like, that was a really happy time. Like, yeah, you would, you, you know, you created something, but like you're learning so much and they're like learning, right? It's like if you're not learning, to your point, Chadio, like your happiness will go down. And that's why so many people in these like jobs for 10 years, five years, 20 years, there's like they're just going through the motions. And, you know, and that's why people need. If, if that's you, but like, that's cool. Like you got to find something on the side. You got to find something that keeps your mind stimulated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I agree a hundred percent, man. And I, I know we, we, we are a little stuck for time, but Mark, I just want to say first and foremost, man, thank you for, for the opportunity, man. Just, just this conversation, man, I was looking forward to it. I learned a lot just now, man. I wish I had a couple more minutes, but they probably gonna get us out the room. So. No, we got, we got about 15 minutes. Oh, we do? Yeah, we yeah. got about 15 minutes. Yeah, we, right, we, do we you can have go time a little bit. Let's go. Right, let's baby. go. So, Mark, this, by the way, is the best. This is the best live show podcast I've ever been on. Shameless. We're clipping that up, too, baby. We're clipping that. We're clipping that. You know what? Let me ask you a personal question, Mark, right? Um, because I know you've had this conversation. And I'm going to be honest with you. My answer has changed the older I've gotten, right? So when we were younger and we came up and we learned stuff and we went through things in life, traumatic, positive and negative, right? And then you get to a certain age, let's say in your 20s, right? And then you start having them conversations like, yo, what if you could start life over with the same information and da da da? what would you do? Or, you know, if you could, you know, come back reincarnated, like what age would you want to be, right? I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I feel like I'm in my 40s. I'll be 44 this year. Um, I feel like I'm at my best self now. Like, I love my 20s. Don't, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of fun in my 20s, right? <laughs> I love my 30s. But I feel like the older I get, because I get more wiser, because I learn more and I can understand life better, I don't want to go back to being ignorant. Does that, does that make sense? Like, do you have those type of conversations? Yeah, well, yeah. It's like, uh, like what are the good old days? Right. Like what is what are the good old days? Right. It's all relative. I know I 100 percent agree. So one of the most important things I think people can do and probably most people don't do enough because um, I just have had so many conversations with people that I've directly managed or have given advice to. And, and they they tell me like, oh, yeah, I don't do that enough is reflect. Reflection. And there's way, there's so many forms of reflection out there. Right. But I just I'd love to get your guys take on this like reflect reflecting 
is the act of so many different things, right? Like critical thinking, your decision-making. Like I, I actually, it's one thing I don't have now, which I kind of wish I do have. And I told, I told my wife this, I liked having like a 45 minute to hour commute. Sometimes it's different with kids, but like I liked having that time to reflect on the day. Like, Hey, how did today go? Same. Like, what's going on? Yeah. What do you think, Jared? Yeah. No, no, no I was going to say, I was going to say, I love that time. So I would be on the train the same way in the crowded six train, four train huddled up like this. Damn. What should I did on that call differently? <laughs> like we had one at two o'clock. What should I have done? Should I, did I follow my follow up complete or detailed as it should have been? Did I miss any details? Should I stay later and made that extra cold call? I think about all those things. So you, you're absolutely spot on. Yeah. I think Cause that's what you, you learn. Um, yeah, that's when you learn. But I think also is when you leave the place that you feel obligated to, right? Take away from the from the fact that now we're 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 all C-suite individuals having a completely different conversation, right? When you are a worker and you're working for somebody and the expectations is there, I feel like it's very hard to reflect when you're at work because the demand is just do, get it done, get the sales done, meet the quota, etc. right? I feel like the only time you can breathe is when you walk out the door, right? Is when you get the, the travel home or you get home to the family and then you might vent to the family and say, let me tell you about my fucking day. This was crazy because I feel like at work, they don't provide an environment for you to do that. Yeah, because they don't think it's productive. Is that, is that, that's it. not productive. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going back to revenue, man. <laughs> but it should be. Can you measure be. reflection? That's, yeah, go that's ahead. the thing. No, you, you nailed it. You can't measure that. And that's the BS, right? The yeah, same, that's the same, same conversation we had with the personal branding stuff. stuff. It's like, like, you can't, can't really measure, measure a lot of the stuff. stuff. The attribution is crazy, right? But we know it's valuable. Like, imagine me going to the, 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 the agency CEO. I'm like, yo, personal brand is working. He's like, how do you know? I've got like a thousand DMs and people are coming into the website. But do I know they're going to buy something right now for 100K? No, I don't. But I've got that momentum. Yeah, that's, that's a continuing argument that we have about how do you judge ROI? How do you judge your ROI, right? And is it based on just your numbers? Is it based on how you do overall? Is it based on your mental health and how you come to work and how you perform? Do you want to come to work? Or do you wake up like, I got to go back to the fucking job today? You understand, like, how do yeah. you judge your ROI? It's very difficult sometimes. Well, I, Almost well, impossible. If, well, we know because guess what? It's all made up. Right? Who, who <laughs> said... <laughs> I was too real, Mark. I was like, holy shit. Whoa, let me get to it. <laughs> John, I mean, Jared, Jared's on a delay today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Not enough coffee or something. He needs more like Red Bull. I don't know. <laughs> I need one. Um, yeah. I'm drinking coffee right now. It's 6 o'clock so at you night, said whatever. It's, so you said um, it's made up, right? It's made up? Well, yeah, because it's like, hey, someone, someone set the goal. I mean, you just pick pick a number. Like, I mean, yeah, you might right. use benchmarks, you might use uh, intuition, you might use all these different things to set a number, set a target, whatever. But it's made up. I mean, it's 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 is it is it like? Um, I mean, you could really go philosophical here and say, well, you know, is chemistry made up? But like chemistry, you know, it's like science. Like business, though, like oh, go get uh, half a million in pipeline this month. Why? Oh, because we need this much revenue. Why? Well, because we're we're you know we're gonna we're not gonna have a, enough uh, cash flow coming in if we don't hit this revenue number. Like what? Why? Like what? Because we have we have a huge payroll. Open new office and this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like well, you don't have to. You could just okay. I mean, sure. It's, it's someone makes it up though, right? Like you. And when I say made up, it's like someone makes a decision to then point people or try to point as many of the the people as they can to that goal right like darmesh at hubspot talked a lot about i think it was like probably 2014 or 15 maybe it was a little bit before then but he talks about and he's got great youtube videos about this vector alignment vector v-e-c-t-o-r vectors right so you're trying to get all of that vector like the, all those different like you know points aligned into one vector because that's how you're going to actually create the most inertia and momentum and, and energy right that's i mean that is when you think about like, you know, a goal or whatever, um, if you're not setting goals and then leading the entire group of people that's necessary to hit those goals as best you can to get them aligned, th that's why so many people are missing their goals today. And you're also missing your goals because 
You have to ask yourself, go back to reflection. How did you end up making that shit up? Like, That's <laughs> it. Yeah. It's key, man. Yeah. I, I do. I do want to ask you, Mark, the, on on a sales. I'm a sales guy, and I'm going to ask you some sales stuff, right? What do you see working really well from an outbound perspective right now, right? Are you telling your sales guys, or is the organization telling the sales guys to go the social selling method to work on the personal brand? Are you guys doing traditional outbound, like because right now the journey has changed so much, and I'm just curious where you guys are focusing. I'm going to name drop two people. You probably should have both of these people on the show. Okay. So two, and I'll explain why. It goes right to your question, Jared. Jared, Jared Fuller, J-A-R-E-D, Jared think, Fuller. Okay. Uh -huh. He would be, so he talks about this thing, not inbound, not outbound, nearbound, nearbound. Mm, Look him up I on like LinkedIn, that. nearbound. And so then this other guy, uh, Mac, M-A-C, Mac, I think it's Redden, R-E-D-D-I-N, Mac Redden from, from Comsor talks about go to network. Not go to market, go to network. I love that. So, when, so what we're getting he, at here. When he said Mac, I, I, I was hoping he wasn't talking about Beanie. <laughs> Mac from Philly? <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I know that Mac. But no, but this guy, this guy's, um, he's actually like overseas. He's both, both would be incredible guests in your podcast. But it's all about partnering up, going to your question, with people who are you know, of course not direct competitors, but, you know, co cooperation or just selling to that same ICP, say, selling into that same kind of, you know, total relevant market. And you're, you're using relationships to get that warm intro, to get that referral, right? And you are still putting yourself out there. You still got to stay where you got to create the content. You got to build that trust on your, on your own too. You know, I think sellers are going to become more and more like marketers and marketers are going to become more and more like salespeople. Yeah, well, but we said, I, I, I almost said that verbatim last week. Mark, almost said that shit verbatim. And we and it's a perfect time to, to name, drop, and plug. We have a course called How to Build Relationships and Revenue. And that's my whole model. Mark, Shame, shameless plug. We, we, we have a six-figure business right now in six months. We haven't sent an email out. Not one. We haven't taken an email campaign. We haven't done not, not one cold call. Not one. Not one cold call. Everything inbound. Inbound. Everything inbound. But now, once again, like we said earlier, I get to pick and choose who I want to work with. I get to work with people that I really like, people that I really care about, and that I know understand how we work, right? And it's just synergy. You know, even though I hate that word, it's just like, man, our work calls are just they're fun as hell. <laughs> I, love what I, I love what I do, man. We joke, it's like this, man. And we get so much stuff done, man. So like, if anybody's listening, it may not work for you. You might be listening to me right now. Like, man, no outbound. You, you, you could have you been here. You could be at seven figures. Who knows? But this is my model that works for us, right? I wanted to create something where I'm not chasing you and knocking your door. I don't want to convince you to work with me. I've got enough equity in the network right now where I, all you got to do is go scroll and scroll down. down. If, if you, you like, like it, if I'm your cup of tea, man, let's... let's Let's, Let's put, put some lift in there. And, 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 <laughs> uh, and just FYI, that's that's patent pending. So <laughs> you motherfuckers try to steal our model, you gonna fuck you pay me. <laughs> you, if I raise up, it's gonna be trouble. It's gonna be trouble. Stand away. No, no, it's like give <laughs> that's, that's why I get three percent on every dancer. <laughs> Listen, Marco. Um, we know we we want to sincerely thank you for coming on. This has been absolutely phenomenal. Oh, joy, man. Thank you very much, man. Um, we appreciate having you. I want you to do do me a favor. Send us your size. We got to send you some OTB merch. Get you a nice shirt. Get you a nice mug. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, just you, to show our appreciation for you. And also, we, we give this to everybody. Only two people are cashed in, man. If you're in New York, man, please let us know so we can take you out for lunch. We owe you a lunch, man, because like I said, you don't know us, man. And the fact that you come on, you've given us so much information. You had a great time. I love your energy, man. And, man, we're connected, man. We're locked in now, Mark. So I'm going to give you my number after this, too, man. You let me know anything we can help you with, brother. But this was amazing, man. Dude, likewise, my friends. Like, this was – I'm not exaggerating. Best – live show and podcast I've ever done. <laughs>
Listen, drop the mic and we can end it on that. <laughs> I will see you guys in New York. I will definitely hit you up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mark, you're killing you them. <laughs> <laughs> killing them Keep killing them, Mark. <laughs> you already know everybody listening to Cherry, uh, Mark, I mean, uh, Mike, everybody on. Hey, I see you, man. Happy birthday to my best friend, Tyrone. Love you, bro. I know you love Happy birthday, right now, P-Dot. We're coming through, man. But uh, everybody watching, we'll see you guys next week for another episode of More Than Title. We love y'all. We'll see y'all soon.